Christians realize that we are called to be in that worshiping multitude. We long to be in that multitude. That worship is what we were created for. We understand that it is the fulfillment of our life to actually worship in that great multitude. And that in that multitude, there are many varieties of people. The gospel appointed for today's worship, Luke just read it, was what we call the Beatitudes. It comes from the fifth chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 12. And we always read this gospel on All Saints Sunday. And although each verse begins with the word blessed, there are interesting differences about whom God blesses and about who the blessed ones are. In these nine Beatitudes, we can begin to get a glimpse of how life here on earth connects with the sort of heavenly worship that we heard in Revelation today. The first two Beatitudes, verses 3 and 4, they give us a look into the amazing heart of God and who He surprisingly includes in that blessed multitude. Unexpected variety in the people who Jesus says will be blessed by God. A wideness in God's mercy that should not surprise us, but it always does. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor and the beat down will ultimately be blessed by God. Jesus makes it very clear that God particularly has a heart for the poor. For those whose lives are very hard. For those who have little pleasure and little opportunity to change their earthly situation. The poor are the very kind of people whom God sent Moses to free from bondage in Egypt. They are our spiritual ancestors. And Jesus says here, the poor are the people of God. And they will be rescued at last from misery and ill treatment. And those who mourn the harshness of life, they will be comforted. And as Jesus' followers, we are to regard them as family and attend to them as our brothers and sisters. Jesus told a parable about going out to the slums and back alleys and bringing in the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame, compelling them to come in to the great banquet. Mother Teresa of Calcutta took this parable literally. In our time, she was the great saint of the first two Beatitudes. In her 
we see the Christian life as it is rarely lived out. So how do we live out the Christian life? Jesus is talking about behavior in the Christian life. And he says three things. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And blessed are those who are merciful. These are behaviors that characterize the Christian life. Verse 5, meekness. The phrase that comes to mind is meek as a lamb. Not the right image. In the biblical tradition, Moses was said to be the meekest of men. But he was a powerful prophet and leader. In scripture, meekness is obedience. It is discipleship. Meekness in the literal Greek means something like strength under control. Moses was meek. John the Baptist was meek. Nothing tame or timid about either of them. Meekness in Scripture refers to cooperation with God and not submitting to fear. So actually, Jesus was the meekest of men. Blessed are the meek. In verse 6, Jesus speaks of righteousness. You know, righteousness in religion has gotten a bad name because it gets linked with the scribes and the Pharisees. But really, that was self-righteousness. A phony righteousness. True righteousness is walking in the ways of God, praying one's way through life, learning how best to think and to feel and to do, desiring God's best, discovering the best, growing into His ways. That's a life that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful. Jesus hammers away at this so much, it's crucial that we get this. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Mercy is the foundation on which the Christian life is built, it's how God operates. But go and learn what this means. Jesus said to the Pharisees, and He's saying it to us. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Blessed are the merciful. They will receive mercy. In verses 8 and 9, these two Beatitudes seem to me to call attention to and to affirm those rare people among us who are blessedly born good-hearted. 
the pure in heart. I said to the nine o'clock, don't think we're talking about you. I won't say that here. In these contentious days, you may think good-hearted people, peacemaking people don't exist, but they're around. They're kind of like angels. They usually don't call attention to themselves. And I, I know I'm speculating here, but, but think about this. You've all known people like this. They may not be at all religious, but they are kind and generous and loving from birth. They are like grandparents from birth. They don't seem to have to work at being good like the rest of us. It's not a persona that they hide behind. They just do good. God has blessed the world with a sprinkling of people like this. There are not many of them. And not all of them are Christians. And I'm not talking about people who are nice. Nice people are okay, I guess. But, but God did not, but Jesus did not say, blessed are those who are nice. We're, we're talking about loving kindness here. It's an attribute of God. It's a sign of God's presence. The world which God so loved, for God so loved the world, the world which God loves is blessed by these people, by their good hearts and by their peacemaking presence. Jesus may have been speaking of people like them when he said, whoever is not against us is for us. Or he said, I have other sheep that are not of this flock and I must bring them also. And then in the last two Beatitudes, verses 10 through 12, Jesus shifts our attention from those who are for us to those who are against us, who actively are against Christianity and against God. Those who react against the Christian life. There are not many pure-hearted peacemakers but there are a lot of persecutors. Jesus tells his disciples to count the cost. Be prepared for resistance, for persecution, for evil lies, for cultural manipulation, for political pressure. And then a little later on, he tells them to pray for their enemies. Pray for the souls of their enemies. But yet realize that God is with you. For these same persecutions happened to the prophets which were before you. And we might add at that very time they were beginning to happen to Jesus. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. For great is your reward in heaven. 
if people like us whose hearts are not naturally pure or who from time to time perversely enjoy a good fight, if we want to be different, to be people of blessing, then being with God is the key. That's how our ambivalent hearts get filled with loving kindness and with meekness. That's how we become a blessing to those who are around us. And that's how we've understood God's intention for His people from Abraham on. Genesis chapter 12. And the Lord said to Abram, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And by you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's the first of God's marching orders for His people. He wants to bless us so that we may bless the world around us. It sounds like such a wonderful plan. But we need to remember those ominous two last Beatitudes. And that crucifixion is the first part of the blessing of resurrection. And that God's most dear Son went not up to joy, but first He suffered pain and entered not into glory before He was crucified. All Saints Day reminds us that the Christian life has been lived out with, with great variety. Sometimes it's lived with, with boldness and excitement. Sometimes it's lived quietly and, and painfully. In the Father's house are many mansions. This day is not called Great Saints Day. It's called All Saints Day. We, we do remember the great saints throughout the church year on the day of their death, but today we remember all the saints, both great and least in God's kingdom. And all those before God who rejoice with us, but upon another shore and in a greater light, that multitude which no one can number, whose hope was in the Word made flesh, and for whom we forevermore are one. Lord, give us grace to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. I invite you to stand for our sermon response song, I Surrender All.